It's Friday, August 19th, 2022, and welcome to episode 16 of the Alameda Postcast, an audio service of the Alameda Post. I'm your host, Scott Peeler. In this edition of the Postcast, inflation brings a record number of clients to the Alameda Food Bank, more changes in the city manager's office, the November ballot is set, and the school lunch program expands in a meaningful way. These stories and more on this episode of the Alameda Postcast. Our top story, as reported by Liz Barrett at AlamedaPost.com, the Alameda Food Bank served over 1,000 families in the month of July. That's three times the number served prior to pandemic and represents an increase of 400 families since the beginning of 2022. Cindy Houts, executive director of the Food Bank, has seen a noticeable increase in clients 18 years of age and younger as current economic conditions spread family resources thinner and thinner. Another problem is the ongoing drought. Families who come to the island community market for food are able to obtain fresh, nutritious produce. But with availability and supply chain issues, the county food bank and area grocery stores aren't able to keep up with demand, leaving Houts to purchase produce. Whereas that bill used to range from five dollars to $8,000 a month, it has now ballooned to $25,000. Even dry goods staples like cereal have proven difficult to stock. There are great ways you can help. You can find a list of needed non-perishable items on the Food Bank's website, alamedafoodbank.org. One of the best ways to help is with a cash donation. For every dollar received, they are able to purchase $7 worth of food. An item you might not think about but is in desperate need, diapers. Houts notes they've been out of diapers for months. There's even a new way that you can help out this weekend and next, and it involves classic theater. Details on that later in this episode. For more on the food bank, visit alamedapost.com top. Interim city manager Dirk Brazil has resigned due to a family emergency. Prior to leaving, Mr. Brazil appointed City Human Resources Director Nancy Bronstein and Public Works Director Aaron Smith to serve as acting co-city managers. Subsequently, in a special closed session on August 9th, the City Council unanimously endorsed Ms. Bronstein to continue as interim director. The Council will officially vote on her appointment on September 6th, as City Manager appointments must occur during open session at regularly scheduled Council meetings. The City Manager's office has certainly seen its share of changes. Postcast listeners will remember that back in May, Mr. Brazil was hired as Interim City Manager after then-manager Eric Levitt took the City Manager's position in Fullerton. At the time, Jerry Bowden was to assume the interim position, but on that same day, he was hired to be the City Manager for Pleasanton. With Nancy Bronstein in place as interim manager for Alameda, the city council will now continue the work of hiring a permanent city manager. If you or someone you know might be qualified for the position, or even if you just want to learn what the job entails, visit alamedaca.gov slash alamedacm. On the subject of changes to leadership, the November ballot is set. While the election will include county, state, and national contests, let's take a moment to focus on the city races. Mayor Marilyn Ezzy Ashcraft is seeking a second term after winning the 2018 election. The candidate she defeated in that race will be one of her opponents in November, current city council member Trish Herrera-Spencer, who served as mayor from 2014 to 2018. Also on the ballot, Alameda political newcomer Barack D. Obama Shaw. Two city council terms are ending this year. John Knox White will not pursue another term, while Tony Desog is seeking re-election. Aside from Desog, there are five other candidates vying for the two seats. Two are familiar names. Jim Odie held the council seat from 2014 until 2020, while Tracy Jensen is a previous candidate. Three first-time candidates are also on the ballot. Paul Busterian, Hannah Grochi, and Bill Pye. Even though the council races for two seats, keep an eye on number three. Should Trish Herrera-Spencer win the mayoral race, the candidate in third place would take her seat on the council until that term ends in 2024. 
There are two measures on the ballot, which will be assigned letters in the near future. The first concerns mayoral and city council pay. That pay structure was set up in the 70s, sits at $3,600 and $1,200 respectively. The council has proposed salaries capped at 30% of the median salary for all occupations in the San Francisco-Oakland-Hayward area. Translates to just under $26,000 a year. Rationale being to attract more candidates to the positions by offering compensation in line with the actual duties performed. The second measure asks for an increase in the transient occupancy tax, the hotel tax, currently standing at 10 percent. The new rate would be 14 percent. While the housing authority is in the process of turning the Hawthorne Suites Hotel on Webster into affordable housing, it's important to remember there are other hotels on the island, including properties that serve the Oakland Airport but are actually located in Alameda. To keep up with all election news, visit alamedapost.com election. During pandemic, the federal government funded the Universal School Meals Program, which provided food to K-12 students at no charge. That program ended in June. The Keep Kids Fed Act extended the benefits through the end of September, but that's when the program ends. California has taken the idea of free school meals for all and made it permanent. The Universal Meals Program, signed into law by Governor Newsom, ensures that all students can receive a healthy breakfast and lunch, regardless of socioeconomic status. California was the first to institute such a program, but other states, such as Maine and Vermont, have followed suit. While meals are available to all, the Alameda Unified School District still recommends that families register for the free and reduced-price meals program. That program allows the district to tap into other available funds while providing additional benefits to families. For full details, including links to weekly menus, look for the Universal Meals article at alamedapost.com news. This Saturday, join Dennis Evanoski as our popular walking history tours continue with part two of the architecture of the East End. The focus is on the largest home ever built on Alameda, A.A. Cohen's Fernside, which served as the inspiration for Mark Hopkins to build his palatial estate on Knob Hill. For a preview of what Dennis has in store, visit alamedapost.com history. To sign up for the tour, visit alamedapost.com tours. Now a look at upcoming events of interest to the Alameda community, another busy weekend. Unless otherwise noted, details for these events can be found at alamedapost.com events. Earlier, I told you there was a theatrical way you could support the Alameda Food Bank. Well, you've got five chances starting tonight, Friday, as the Food Bank players present Shakespeare's Hamlet. The show is at the Healing Garden space on Webster Street. Admission is free with donations encouraged. All proceeds benefit the Food Bank. Please note the start time for all performances is 5.30. Some sources show 6 p.m., but that is incorrect. Due to the nature of Hamlet's content, the show is not recommended for those under age 12. The show runs this weekend and next. Alameda Recreation and Parks continues their Starlight Movies in the Park series, Friday night at Alameda Point Multipurpose Field with Disney's hit musical Encanto. Show starts between 8.15 and 8.30. Snacks and drinks available for purchase to benefit the department's teen programs. Bring blankets and lawn chairs, but please, no grills, alcohol, or pets. Parents be advised, Encanto is rated PG for thematic elements and mild peril. Alameda Family Services' Sunset Sip Fundraiser is also happening Friday night at Urban Legend Winery on Monarch Street at Alameda Point in the Spirits Alley area. Wine, beer, and food from off the grid, all to help deliver critical mental health assistance to those in need. The event runs from 5 to 8 p.m. Rhythmics Cultural Works kicks off their PAL Family Concerts in the Park series Saturday at noon when they welcome the Shinyakare Ensemble to Gene Sweeney Park for a performance of traditional Zimbabwean music and dance. 
Boys and girls age 5 to 18 are encouraged to come by the Alameda Scoutorama to learn about scouting from the Golden Gate Area Council of the BSA. Scouting is now for everyone, so come to the Neptune Park Picnic Area at Crab Cove Saturday from 10 to 2 to learn what scouting has to offer. A couple of beer-related events. Almanac Beer Company's Backyard August Concert Series continues this weekend with Ivan Garzon on Saturday and Riptide Station on Sunday. Both shows from 2 to 5, free to attend in the family-friendly backyard space with food and drinks available for purchase. Be a part of the inaugural Downtown Alameda Rock and Roll Beer Stroll Saturday from 1 until 6. Local breweries, including our trio of on-island breweries, Alameda Island, Almanac, and Faction, with small bites from local restaurants and an opportunity to help out Rhythmic's cultural works. Tickets are required, and there is a deeply discounted ticket for designated drivers. In Alameda news around the web, a story with a happy ending. On Monday, Oakland police posted a missing persons notification when 13-year-old Alameda resident Daisy Lancaster was reported missing after having last been seen on Saturday the 13th. Thanks to efforts of the community and various media outlets, Daisy was located safe with family in Stockton. That's it for this episode of the Alameda Postcast. Visit our website, alamedapost.com newsletter to sign up for our weekly newsletter. It's free and we'll never sell or give your personal information to anyone. Don't forget, you can support the Post by becoming a member. There's a support level for every budget, but rest assured, our content will never move behind a paywall. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. Find the Postcast wherever you get your podcast, or simply tell your smart device to play the Alameda Postcast podcast. I'm Scott Peeler, and I'll be back next Friday with Episode 17 of the Alameda Postcast.